What up, everybody? White, Humista, it's Kim Sanclip Harvey coming at you from the Kwatlin and Nooksack territories. And um, welcome to episode one of the Indigenous Cultural Evolutionist. Uh, these podcasts are totems for the community as we capture readings, conversations, and Indigenous love as we ignite and celebrate our Indigenous sovereign power. Um, this first episode comes from an idea that a number of people have approached me around my blog saying yo kim i don't have time to read it all the time it's a lot of writing uh maybe you should record it and we can just listen to them uh, on a podcast via audio and i've been thinking about it and thinking about it and really one not having time to be able to do it um but then also realizing that it's actually really important that I do so it's inclusive to more people to experience that. And then also we wanted to create a platform um, to share all the work that we're doing. Uh, I just started my master's at the University of Victoria, uh, doing some really neat projects there, um, directing a couple shows, writing shows, generally causing a ruckus. And this is where you can find audio versions of all of those uh, adventures and explorations and space making for indigenous matrix and indigenous people troubling uh, systems of oppression and creating um, structures of power for our people. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back and do like retroactive recordings for all of my blogs. I've been writing it now for like a year and a half and they really came out of, oh, you can check it out at kimsencliparvey.com and there's a blog link there. Um, the the blog came out of um, a couple of things. One, I wanted more indigenous media to saturate uh, the internet around our art, our work, our people, our resistances, our um, moments of indigenous continuance. And there just wasn't enough out there, uh, especially like a year and a half, two years ago when I think... Um, there was even less than there is now. And so I said, you know, I just want to contribute and I want to be able to give ourselves a platform to uh, celebrate and embrace and champion and um, amplify uh, the incredible work and, 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 and levels of uh, innovation and leadership and community work that are happening. And so I also wanted to work on my writing. Um, I hadn't been writing consistently for a very long time and I wanted to work on my structure. I wanted to work on distilling my points of view and I wanted to work on um, my creative position and what it is that my aesthetic was around writing. And I, I worry <laughs> or I think it uh, would be a funny task to go back and, and uh, record some of those first blogs if you are ever... Uh, you have a little bit of time and are interested in if you go back to those first few vlogs we 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 wrote uh a lot different than we write now uh which is totally fine uh one of my you know people that i look up to in the indigenous public um world is kim Tallbear, and she um talks about being a good feminist as thinking out loud. Um, and Dr. Adrian Keene, who does the All My Relations podcast, talks about consenting to public learning. And so I really um, 
was doing a, a podcast at the time and then doing the blog and doing the community of practices. And when I heard those two women speak about that, it really resonated with me that I do believe a part of being a good feminist and being a good indigenous community member is uh, thinking out loud and, and writing down what I'm thinking and not necessarily agreeing with it all today. You know, I agree with Kim Talbert saying that I might look back on some of these blogs and say, you know, uh, I've really rethought that or, or I'm have a different way of saying that, but I think it's incredibly important that we publicly have these conversations, um, one, as, as totems for the work so that I can kind of track the journey and people can follow it if they're needing some structure support or want some inspiration or guidance around how they can have their own journey, but two, so that we can have platforms and, and a ground to kind of springboard off of new ideas, because I had really wanted that when I was um, really starting my kind of independent creative practice. And so I hope this is that. These are continually going to be offers to the community in more accessible ways. Um, it's also a principle of the way that I work as a, a Silk Silkotin Kunaha uh, Dekal woman that I think any knowledge that's been given to me, it's very important that I share it with uh, with others and the next generation of artists and people. Um, that's how we really have, my understanding, survived um, persevered and had this built-in tenacity uh, because knowledge sharing is 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 baked into our uh, practice so uh, I am going to read my latest blog it was published on September 8th 2019 and it was called translations um, and I'm just gonna go from there hola I want to share just how difficult it can be for displaced indigenous peoples to access our languages when I was writing Kim Lupa, there were a number of parts that presented themselves in Okanagan, Nisalan, but because I'm not a language speaker, I just wrote them in English and put italics in silk, hoping I could eventually realize them. Ultimately, I could not find a fluent language speaker who could do the translation. So in the production, we arrived at this disheartening conclusion that we couldn't speak in this excellent sentences. We were only able to find one word, which Caitlin Yacht beautifully embodied, but I always knew that there was something missing, that the act of self-continuance had yet to be fully realized, and that would happen when or if we ever got the full translations. This year, after the production, while we were working on publishing the play, I sent out a message to my Upper Nicola band seeking a fluent speaker. And people saw it and shared it, and it found a woman named Gloria Sheena who forwarded it to Nancy Saddleman, who is fluent and speaks and now doing the translations. It's been a moving experience working with Nancy. When she read one of the characters named Kalana, she said, oh, you named her Grizzly. I took a breath and said, yes, I did. And you are the first person to read that name and instantly understand what I was doing with that decision. It was if Kalana, our grizzly bear, had been seen for the very first time by an Islaxon speaking matriarch. The name Micaiah is rooted in the silk word for blood. She's the one who has the power to travel via her bloodline and into the other realms. She also connects to her sister Kalana through her blood. Towards the end of the story, when I was writing something to the effect of Kalana sees her blood for the very first time, there's a layering that I baked into the ceremony for an Saxon knowledge holders. I deliberately wrote moments to be unearthed, moments where you have to switch your paradigm into a silk one. Towards that transformation moment, I write, they are speaking directly to their ancestors as Kalana holds their sister. 
Silk knowing allows us to see that the grizzly is accessing her timeless self through her blood, by her blood, via her sister's gift. Now, from a Western paradigm, it could be perceived that it's just two sisters looking at one another. But from the indigenous paradigm, we know that the powerful act of looking into her sister's eyes lets her transcend this earthly world through our blood relational cosmic bonds. It goes beyond code switching. For me, using indigenous language is the portal to the indigenous paradigm. Having still sounds be the inception of moving our mouths, lips, and body allow us to enter into the silk world. The language sounds like the land and it brings us to a place inaccessible by a Western paradigm. I use the language to make an exclusive place for silk peoples, indigenous speakers, and those bravely willing to let go of Western notions of storytelling and hear and experience silk narratives, not just through cognitive channels. Silk becomes the access point to bearing witness to truth, indigenous connectivity, and love. Why do you think speaking our languages was one of the first things made illegal by the state? It has the power to transform and transcend us to a place where we are the state. A state of indigenous sovereign power where our experiences don't need to be shifted, maneuvered, translated. And that, my slacks, brings a friend, brings a peace that the state is terrified of. It is the ultimate act of indigenous continuance. When I hear Nancy say white to me as we get off the phone, I feel it in my blood like a wave of love because it's charged with peace and spiritual nourishment. The loss of language speakers and knowers is something I've been warning a lot these past few months. There are not a lot of self speakers and even fewer who can write it. Nancy is driving from Upper Nicola to West Bank tomorrow to meet with her friend and language mentor to check and confirm the translations. A matriarchal meeting crossing nations, state lines, and time to support the full realization of this story. I'm not sure I can think of something more humbling than Nancy's service to leading the translations. I'm so grateful for her hard work, her jokes, and that I get to hear her laugh on the phone. I'm currently living in Break Horizons world, and a part of my continued story creation work is to give attention to the power of indigenous languages. Break is a gathering of nations with five indigenous matriarchs from five different Salish nations who will speak five different languages. Because when these women show up, they are bringing all of their worlds with them because that's what it's going to take to break Event Horizon. I'm daunted by the challenge to honor five Salish languages. Bracket, we will also be presenting non-human languages such as Talakwia, the orca who carried her dead calf for 17 days. But I can't think of a better use of my time other than moving to my territory and learning my language, which I'm very much considering once I'm done school. Throughout this process of writing Kamlupa, my dad kept asking, who's the audience? Will people get it? I would always respond with, I'm writing for my people, dad. The language speakers, even if there aren't that many. I know the ancestors will understand it, and in my creative practice, that lives beyond time. There is a large population of ancestors listening. I also write for the future language speakers and community members who will evolve into understanding indigenous storytelling. So I write for them all. I am beyond excited we're getting these translations. I think Kamlupa will finally be born and fully experienced, realized, and alive. Limlet, all the matriarchs working to get this done, and to Charles, my editor, for your patience and service to my people always. 
with great indigenous love. Life slacks. Kim. P.S. One of my favorite bookstores, Powell's, is selling pre-orders for Kim Lupa. And I just feel so happy. So that was it. That was the first recording of one of my blogs. So hopefully people can take a listen and that's helpful and makes it more accessible for more people to listen. Um, that translation work is still coming, uh, is still occurring and uh, I might have to travel up to my silk territory to complete it, um, which is fine and just a part of the process. And again, one of the reasons why I wanted to write that blog was to capture what it actually takes um, for displaced um, urban indigenous people writers specifically when they're wanting to incorporate um, their languages. So now I want to take a little hot minute to let you know about some really cool events that are coming up. Let me try and find them on my phone. Um, On a personal note, uh, on the 26th, I'm going back to my high school and talking to my class, the classes there and the acting program there at Brookswood Secondary School, um, which I believe is also in the Kwantlen Territory. Uh, I'm also heading into a really cool class, a women's class with Manisha at the Langara College that day. And then a really cool event uh, I'll be hosting um, which is uh, Valerie St. Turner's Culture Brew launch party that's happening uh, on a September 26th. So there's more information on Facebook. Uh, search culturebrew.art. It's just an intercultural artist influencing change site, and it's just extraordinary. Uh, then on October 25th, I will be doing the BC, the keynote for the BC Drama Teachers Conference. Uh, And you can just search uh, BC Drama Teachers Conference and find out more information if you want to come check that out. And then finally, uh, it was just confirmed yesterday, it was a really cool email to get that I will be the keynote for the Coquitlam Cultural Summit. Uh, And again, you can Google that and get more information around how you can attend. Those engagements are always really. neat because I think what people will discover if you've been a a reader then thank you so much if you have been reading uh, of the blog that uh, I feel like I just am a speaker naturally and how I got to writing was somebody once told me that writing is just uh, capturing what you say and I was like oh right that makes sense I can do that Uh, and so for me when I get to have these um, kind of interactive uh, sessions with people who um, who are all gathering on a theme, a topic, um, or something in the community we want to help transform. Uh, it's really special. Um, and I'm really excited for all these events that are coming up. Uh, and I think that's it. That's all for me on this first episode of the Cult- Indigenous Cultural Evolutionist. Um, it's on Anchor right now. We've just submitted it to, uh, to be on uh, the iTunes podcast as well as Spotify. Uh, so stay tuned for those updates. And give me a shout. Give me a message. Send me an email. Shoot me a tweet. Uh, I'm now on Twitter, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> um, but I find native Twitter to be really quite amazing and informative and uh important to see where all the thinkers and doers and leaders are i also wanted to give a huge shout out right now i can't be uh i'd be remiss is that how i use that word properly whatever um to the national arts center team 
who just launched the Moshkamo Indigenous Arts Rising Festival. I believe it was last night. Uh, I'm, I was sad. It was like there was a nice offer for me to go and visit and, and be a part of that. Um, school and work just didn't allow. And I'm also rethinking the way that I travel um, to think about Mother Earth and the next generation more and, and, and really, really questioning when I get offers to travel for work because um, Mother Earth's struggling. We've got to figure that out urgently but let's not get sidetracked here the point of it is is i want to give a big shout out to my good friends my good good i can't decide if i can swear on this my dad sent me an email the other day to stop swearing kiddo um my good friends and family really uh the artistic director kevin loring the executive director loy marchand and the artistic associate uh lindsay lachance who have been busting their ovaries and backs and indigenous bloodlines to launch the baddest, sickest indigenous festival that's happening. You can find out more about uh, that incredible uh, programming online. Just search uh, the Moshkamo Festival. It's on Facebook. Go to the National Arts uh, Center's websites um, and see how you can adjust, ingest and support and cheer and be the hype people for all that work that's happening. They still have not been given federal funding uh, to support a full season, and that's deplorable. That's horrendous. That's... Um, so insulting to indigenous artists across this country. And so the fact that they're doing this badass, kick-ass festival, uh, basically with no budget and fundraising to produce their own art still, uh, is remarkable. Uh, so I just want to say a, an incredible congratulations uh, to that entire team who was working so tirelessly. Um, and uh, keep the beautiful pictures coming of all that. I just love seeing all the beautiful brown faces. I'm out. I got a bunch of books to read and a bunch of homework to do. And like, I don't know, maybe I'll hit up the mall later. Why? Lima Ananya, from my ancestors to yours, deep indigenous love. Keep kicking ass. Keep nourishing that flame. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.